cemetery. And hello, hello. <laughs> greetings, greetings. Good day. It's Anna. And Alyssa. <gasps> From Northern Frights. Northern Frights. A podcast that talks about the paranormal, true crime. I was going to say ghost stories, but that just kind of goes in with paranormal. So. <laughs> <laughs> paranormal and true crime. Mm-hmm. Of the Midwestern region, primarily Minnesota, Wisconsin, North and South Dakota, Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, possibly, probably. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We don't want to talk about anybody else. <laughs> they don't matter. Except for they do. So, today we have a special topic we both decided on. UFOs! UFOs! We're going to talk about aliens, maybe. Do, maybe. You, do you have aliens in yours? Yeah. Just, oh, that's really cool. Because I do. Mine does not really. <laughs> so it'll get covered somehow. Yes. Um, so first off, I do want to say one thing. I would like to pay a memoration. Um, I don't know, whatever, something like that, to Grumpy Cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who passed away mm-hmm. on the 14th. R.A.P. Grumpy Grumpy Cat. Cat. We love you. We love you. We enjoyed your memes. Yes. And your face actually gave us life. Yeah. And talked to our souls. Yeah. So So you're an important being. I know you're probably up in heaven just hanging out with God. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All cats go to heaven. All cats go to heaven. God's just like, Grumpy Cat, you sit here. Next to me. Next to me. Mm-hmm. That got real deep. Well, let's just have a moment of silence. Okay. I was gonna. I was like, am I gonna burp oh. in this moment of silence? <laughs> and that's all I could do. It. Yeah. However, that is sad. It is. Sorry, Kitty. Sorry. How old? You said seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. We we learned about it this morning because yeah. Anna gave us a news announcement. I like. I was like literally. I just came in and I was like, grumpy cat died. Grumpy cat died. What's the other thing you said? Oh, that there was that new type of chocolate. Oh, yeah. Well, might as well tell might our as listeners. There's going to be a new type of chocolate coming. I read about it on BuzzFeed. So, <laughs> big news. Very legit. Big news. Um, it's <laughs> called the Ruby chocolate. It's like comes from the Ruby cacao. Which I'm pretty, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I know. It's C-A-C-A-O. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you say it. So, I'm just going to say cacao bean. So, we're going to try this. Yeah. Eventually. It's supposed to have like some sort of like smooth, fruity taste. But I don't think it's supposed to be, like, fruity. Like, you oh. know how, like, some chocolate, it's like... And then here's a wild-ass flavor of cherry. Well, I have to be not... honest, I love cho- chocolate oranges. Those are good. Those are really Those good. Are so good. if it's similar, then, then I'm done. I'm on it. But it is something I think of elevated compared to, like, um, milk chocolate or something. Mm-hmm. It seems more special than yeah. chocolate, like, so maybe yeah. that's what we'll think of. Like Ruby. white chocolate. <laughs> or white chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we'll get back onto the topic of UFOs yeah. now. <laughs> UFOs. So I guess so. I so first off, I want to start off um, that I recently heard a conspiracy theory. So introduction to conspiracy, conspiracy corner. Conspiracy corner. Conspiracy corner. Um, that sightings of UFOs or like photos of UFOs are actually people from the future traveling back in time, just like the past and that's what we're seeing okay 
Time travel, mm-hmm. very hard to think about. <laughs> <laughs> My future self can't do this. So okay, say it again. Okay, so it's a theory that like when we like people see UFOs. Okay, when they see a UFO, or they're like, like you see like a picture of a UFO. It's actually people from the future yeah. traveling back in time. And that's what we're seeing. It's not aliens. Oh. That's what the Just theory time travel is. related? Yeah. And also because I was using speaker to write dictation my notes, dictation, yeah. my, this note says, I had heard a conspiracy theory recently that UFO photos are actually people from the future traveling back in time. And that's why we're saying, dog, tell your dog no. The fuck, <laughs> get your dog away from it. <laughs> What were you trying to say? I was watching Paranormal oh, Caught on Camera. Did it pick it up? And it picked up my yelling at the TV because <laughs> there was this video of, like, I don't know where they were. The dog was fine. I should okay. just point that out. Yes. But there was this gigantic wolf in the forest. And it, like, was, it was, like, kind of, like, hiding. And, like, the dog was, like, barky, 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 barky. And then the wolf started running at it and chasing it. Mm-hmm. And so the dog was like, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my get God, like, get your dog. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I assume the dog's fine. Oh. It was. It looked good. So the wolf, I think, took ran away, but I don't know for sure. They called it a dire wolf. I've heard of that. I feel like from movies. I think that was from like Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that's what they were calling it. I don't know if that's because it was like the actual wolf. There was an actual wolf. Do you want to have a a wolf episode? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did last time. We already did werewolves. I mean, I love werewolves. But no. Okay. But anyway. Should I give an update to... Oh, no, you're in the middle. Never mind. Go ahead. Oh, my story? Yeah, we'll do it at the end. Okay. Do it at the end. Okay. All right. So, my... (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Ruin everything. Restart. Re-record. Reboot. No. My story... I already kind of touched on this one a little bit when I told the Van Johnson incident. Because I gave, like, a bunch of different incidents. Val Johnson. Val Johnson. (gasps) Van. Van Johnson. Van Wilder. That was... (laughs) Never mind. Okay, so, so you already touched upon it. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit. But this is the Fila Monkla. I don't know if that's how we pronounce his last wow. name incident. Also Fila known as the Kinross Base Incident. Kinross. Yeah, K I N R O S S. Kinross Basin Incident. Base Incident. Base. So, like, oh. Kinross Base is an Air Force base. Okay, alright. So. A uh, little bit background on Felix. He grew up in Louisiana and was born in Mansura. I don't know where that is in Louisiana. You can Google it. On October 21st, this is probably not correct, 1996. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe it was 1926 or something like that. I would have okay. to double check. But thank you, um, dictation. dictation. Mm-hmm. To Felix Sr. and Yvonne Moncla. He had two older sisters and went to the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. He enlisted in the Army and served during World War II in Japan. So definitely not born in 1996, although <laughs> it would make sense with the time, time travel. travel. <gasps> Maybe my phone knew. Anyway, after going back to college he after World War II, he re-enlisted in 1950 as an officer pilot trainee in the Air Force and served to serve in the Korean War. 
He eventually moved up the command chain by further training in Texas and Florida on the F-8 Scorpion in July. In July 1950, dictation, never use it. In 1950, Mongla and his family moved to Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. Okay, so now we actually get to the events. events. So on the evening of November 23rd, 1953, Defense Command Ground Intercept Radar Operators at the Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, excuse me, identified an unusual target near the Sioux Locks, which is a shipping lock that allows ships to travel between Lake Superior and the Lower Greater Lakes. Okay. It's up between the Upper Peninsula, um, between Michigan and Ontario. So it's over Lake Superior. This is where this happened. So, and <coughs> an F-89C Scorpion jet from the Kinross Air Force Base was scrambled to investigate and was operated by Monkla, who was a first lieutenant, and Robert L. Wilson, who was a second lieutenant, and he acted as the Scorpion's radar operator. Okay. So, Monkla was flying the plane. Oh, okay. Wilson was, like, the radar operator. Okay. Wilson had a difficult time, excuse you, text message. Difficult and had a difficult time tracking the object on the Scorpion's radar, so ground operators had to direct Moncla towards the, op- the object. So this object was moving around so crazy that the operators were like giving Moncla directions. They from wanted the it to follow him? Yeah, they wanted, oh, okay. they wanted to figure out what this object Did was. Did they send them up to do that or they were yeah. already in the air? No, they set them up. Um, has just kind of like I'll get to it a little bit later, but this area is like restricted airspace. Okay. Right. Um, Moncla closed in on the aircraft about eight thousand feet in altitude. Okay. And I th- I think the object was going five hundred miles per hour, which I don't know if that's very fast for an airplane. Oh, let's Google. How fast does the airplane how, go? How fast do airplanes go? How fast Actually, pretty close. They go four to five hundred knots, which equals four hundred and sixty to five hundred and seventy-five miles per hour. Okay, so it was was going comparable to flying. Oh, oh, you know what? It was saying exceeding five hundred miles per hour. So that's probably why they were like, "What is this critter in the sky? What is it doing?" Okay, ground control tracked the scorpion and the unidentified object as two blips on the radar screen. Um, eventually, the two blips on the radar grew closer and closer until they seemed to merge. Mm. Assuming that Moncla had flown either under or over the target ground control that assumed that like shortly after, the scorpion and the object would reappear as two separate blips. Right. But they didn't. Oh, no. Um, Donald Kehoe, who is a naval operator, writer slash manager of prominent tours of aviation pioneers like Charles Lindbergh and UFO researcher yeah. reported that there was a fear that the two objects had struck one another, but the single blip continued on its previous course. Okay. So something happened. They merged or something. Yep, they merged. Something or for happened. some reason still on top or Yeah, or something whatever. was going on. Okay. Attempts were made to contact Moncla via radio but had no success. U.S. Air Force and the Royal Canadian Air Force were quickly mounted, but failed to find a trace of the plane or the pilots. 
whether conditions were a factor in hampering the search. It always is. Mm-hmm. It's like, thanks a lot, clouds. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so some theories as to what happened. Mm-hmm. Moncla may have experienced vertigo and crashed into the lake, but through investigation it was determined that his experiences with vertigo were just hearsay. So they were like, okay, obviously he probably did not have a case of vertigo. Um, the official accident report states that the object was believed to have been a Royal Canadian Air Force aircraft VC-9124, but it was classified as unknown because it was off its flight plan course by 30 miles, um, but was emphatically denied by the pilot of that plane that, that it was, was there. In, yeah. Okay. Um, Air Force. So the, we're, we're, wait, we're wait, moving wait. past some theories. Actually, we had a different... One of us were talking about a different... Maybe you with your mm-hmm. UFO sighting where it involved Canada too. Yeah, and no, they this is not- the same one. This is it. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, holy Hannah, yeah. Canada's involved Whoa. in a lot of things. Okay, so <laughs> What's happening? they're denying. Yeah, Canada's just like, it was not us. Okay. Do not blame us. And then what did you say after that? Um, Donald Kehoe said in his own investigation into the F-89's disappearance... Um, that it, it started the night of the incidents when he started investigating. He received a phone call that the plane was hit by a flying saucer. Phone call from who? What? From who? Oh, it was... You, they, it doesn't say. No? Creepy. It does not say. Hit by a flying saucer. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Fun story about just, like, getting, like, private information just, like, ahead of time. So my uncle was stationed in Germany. Do you remember, did you ever hear about when the Olympics were in Munich and there was like a terrorist attack there? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I don't think so. Okay, so there, it happened. I think it was in like the 70s. Um, but my uncle was stationed there. So like that morning, my uncle had called my mom and like my grandma and those guys. Like, and we're like, watch the news. Like some stuff happened. And so like... The, pretty soon on the news they were reporting this terrorist attack so oh my God. it was pretty cool probably very <laughs> illegal but anyway names won't be named uh what was i going on about now not my uncle no it was not my uncle <laughs> who was not stationed in germany it okay. was just a random individual so okay so we get a random yep, phone get call phone call it's like that plane was hit by a flying saucer okay um, a follow-up phone call to public information officer Lieutenant Robert C. White revealed that it was a Canadian DC-3 and that it was over the locks by mistake, which is a restricted airspace. So they're saying it was the Canadians that hit the plane. It was not a flying saucer, which is something that the government does a lot. Interesting. What? I'm still sort of confused. <laughs> <laughs> Who's they? Um, Who's they saying? This researcher? It, yeah, UFO Kehoe researcher. Okay. was saying that this is their, what he was told. By the government. By the government. That Canada did it. That Canada. It was a Canadian plane that hit Moncla. Moncla, and he, they were in restricted yeah, airspace. Yeah, restricted airspace. Okay. And it was not a not. flying saucer. <laughs> They're like, no. Just forget about that. It wasn't Don't, that. No, no <laughs> aliens were involved, please. Okay. Just calm the hell down. In 1968, possible parts of the aircraft may have been found near the eastern shore of Lake Superior. 
A U.S. Air Force officer confirmed the parts were from a military jet aircraft, and news reports speculate that these might have been from the F-89 missing from the Kinross Air Force Base in 1953. The identity of the parts were never published, and the government, the Canadian government states they have... Well, thank you for cutting out, but I think the Canadian government was just like, no, we were never there. This is creepy. Mm-hmm. Monkle and Wilson are presumed dead, as they have never been found. So my speculation, like I wrote, Anna's speculations. <laughs> <laughs> the, I speculate that the jet was either taken by the UFO. Okay. Like, like to, maybe it just like opened up and was like, come inside. Thanks. And just took them. Like I, I do a hand <laughs> motion and just saying, not saying it, but <laughs> that the UFO took the plane onto it. Um, because, <laughs> or that like it was destroyed and then they wound up in Lake Superior by this blip. But I'll, I remember you said that the whatever object continued mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So something, yeah. Mm-hmm. So either it like, because they merged into one, a UFO took them. Yeah. That's why they've never been found. Okay. Or else maybe they were just like on their way. They saw the plane coming and they were like, get out of our way and then just like Destroyed it. Destroyed it. Kept going. Okay. We'll never know what the aliens in this incident look like because the only people involved with the UFO were never seen again. Never seen again. Which is a bummer. And they have a cool name, Mocklin. Moncla. Moncla. M-O-N-C-L-A. That's a cool name. Mm Mm-hmm. That's his last name. And that is the end of the Felix Moncla incident. R.I.P. Felix R.I.P. Felix and Robert Wilson. We don't know that he's dead, though. It's true. It's only presumed dead. With the alien Mm -hmm. folk. He could just be hanging out. Yeah. Or maybe he's somewhere else. On a new planet. Yeah. Or just like somewhere else in the United States and he doesn't remember who he is. Yeah. I just saw on TV something called like the Jason Bourne effect. It was, I think it's a, at least an episode, maybe a series about people who just forget everything. Mmm. You've seen, have you seen Jason Bourne? A little bit of it, but. Bourne Identity and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, he just doesn't know anything from his name to mm-hmm. any background. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like there, it's like a psychological term. There's like something like an amnesia of some sort. It's not disassociated. Yeah, maybe he had something like that. How sad. We'll would never that be? know. Then he, like, his, they had like a kid born like five months before he disappeared. So thanks, aliens. Wow. Wow. Don't value Just, human life, apparently. Oh, did I ever tell you about the essay that a girl wrote for her application? Mm-mm. She had turned in this application, um, and the essay was something... I think she wrote it for a class. Okay. But it was about... It, like, a part of me was like, is this, like girl telling us about an experience she had or did she just write this up because she was about being abducted by aliens and that the aliens had abducted her to be basically a slave and she was like why she's like you have like lesser being aliens why don't you use them as slaves (laughs) you're hoping it was fiction i was really hoping that it was fiction because i mean it was terrible no matter what like terrifying no, it was, it was just a terrible essay. 
<laughs> You're like, you could have really done more with this alien stuff. Yeah, and so okay. she was just like, just have your poor people be slaves. And I was like, Excuse me. um, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, note to anybody who's writing an essay, don't be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. We'll, we'll just say it was creative. Um, it was creative writing. writing it was fiction. And that she was not abducted by aliens, yeah. but could have been. We don't, we don't know. Because we didn't admit her. <laughs> okay. <we're> this is... <laughs> I don't know what to say there. Like you're just like, okay, moving on. Oh, oh great story. Yeah. I liked your story, though. Thank you. Mankla. Mankla. Okay, so while I was looking into the UFO studies in mm-hmm. Illinois, that like mm-hmm. that phrase, mm-hmm. I came across the Center of UFO Studies, or SUFOS? SUFOS. <laughs> Is that how you'd say it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to assume that's correct. Sufos. Yeah, SUFOS. All right, so we'll do a r- brief history of SUFOS. Yay. Um, SUFOS was started by Dr. J. Allen Hynek, mm-hmm. and he was a professor of astronomy at... Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. Dr. Heinen started as an astronomical consultant to the U.S. Air Force's mm. Project Blue Book. Mm. The purpose of Project Blue Book was to determine if there was an astronomical explanation for a UFO sighting. Mm. Um, so his job was to see if the description of the object... Um, could be, I'm sorry, could be um, like a, a known object in our world. Okay. So he sure. would, he'd try to, you know, based on the words people wrote down. Yeah. He'd try to find a, a logical reason for what it. it is. Cool. Um, at first he went into the job skeptical, mm-hmm. but he eventually determined that UFOs were worth serious study. Ooh. So a little bit of history about Project Blue Book. Mm-hmm. In 1947 to 1969, a project for the investigation of UFO was started. In those 22 years, there were a total of 12,618 sightings. Wow. Which, I did the math, averages about 574 a year. Wow. And 701 of the sightings remain unidentified. Interesting. Yeah. The project was headquartered um, at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, another one that's at an Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. A report was written on the sightings, which is as follows. One, no UFO has ever been a threat to national security. That sounds very that's, governmental. That's very interesting. Cause, <laughs> that's okay, number one. Just like sidetrack. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the Battle of Los Angeles? No. So it was in like the 40s. There were these, like, sightings of basically, like, UFOs, and so, like, the military got involved, and so there was, like, this, like, battle, mm-hmm. so we should look into it. Even what year? It's not... I'm going to look it up, so continue. Okay. okay. Number two, no evidence that sightings categorized as UFO represent technological or principles beyond the range of present-day scientific knowledge. Hmm. Meaning they're not that cool. <laughs> 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 right? Is that basically? Yeah. They're not well, really like, that It's cool. not really interesting. Three, there has been no evidence indicating that sightings as UFO are extraterrestrial vehicles. That's 
But so how do you say that when yeah. you also said there's 701 that are not identified? It's like, are they, is it just because like they can't see into it so they don't know yeah. what's in there? They're like, but it's not really But weird. it's probably not an alien. And they had this in there as well. And I did not read the whole report, but I pulled this out. Mm-hmm. To be very clear, and I'm quoting, there are not now, nor have there ever been, any extraterrestrial visitors or equipment on Wright Patterson Air Force Base. If you were to see a UFO and to call the Wright Patterson Air Force Base, you'd be told to call local groups, private groups, or local law enforcement if they feel his or public safety is endangered. Sounds like something the government would say to be yeah. like, no, there's no aliens. Look over there. Look over, here. There's no aliens here. I feel like that's here so government. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That like, one, two, nope, three. No, <laughs> none, none, absolutely none percent. <laughs> <laughs> Just carry on about your business. Okay. okay. Did you want to? So I kind of found it, but it was okay. like. You said Battle of U- Los um, Angeles. Okay. Which actually, like, the Wikipedia article is just, like, stuff about um, the Japanese. I'm like, no, I know that there's aliens involved. <laughs> because okay. then, that's what, like, when most people are talking about, they're like. So it's a rumored attack by the J- by the Japanese in a subsequent anti aircraft artillery barrage, which took place on February 24th early February 25th, 1942 over Los Angeles. Weird. I know that people have said, have like connected it to, aha, original UFO video, original video from the Battle of Los Angeles UFO sighting 1942 from YouTube. Sorry. Should we look into that in a minute? Yes. On a clear light. Ah. I like that. Thank you. They think it's Jap- Japanese folks, mm-hmm. but it, other people say it's aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky. We gotta look into that. Yep. Let's go. Okay. okay. 1972, Dr. Heineck. So I'm gonna look here real quick on my nose. This was after the project had finished, Project Blue Book. Mm-hmm. So a few years later, he publishes The UFO Experience, A Scientific Study, mm. which is a book I just picked up. Yeah. So I'm gonna look yeah. through that. <laughs> And the next year, uh, Dr. Heinet starts, starts SUFOS and was the scientific director for 13 years. And then approximately 13 years later, he unfortunately passes away. Um, so what does SUFOS do? Yeah. They maintain a library and archives of UFO-related materials. So like books, articles, documents, and reporting or um, sightings, reports. Yeah. They support investigators with research materials. And lastly, they investigate sightings and collect and evaluate reports from around the world. So they're actively involved in checking out UFOs. Yeah. So they had some archive photos of the um, archives, I believe it was. And it had one desk with... I just thought it was interesting to see where they... This is like set up. Yeah. Um, And I don't... I hope this isn't the workroom. Okay. Like, this is more, I feel like it's an archive where it's, people just come in and grab what they need, okay. not where, like, where it's actively used, yeah. because it had one desk with a photo propped up against the wall and a lamp, so, like, pretty sparse. Yeah. It had a four-person table, like, in the middle. Uh-huh. It, and I, 
I'm a weirdo. I actually did count. Yes. I saw yes. 100 boxes. Oh my god. Like um, banker's boxes. Yeah. With the nice tops and stuff. 18 filing cabinets and four suitcases. This sounds like the office of Fox Mulder from X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Maybe that's where they got their inspiration. Because I was like, is this like a war room? Like, we're yeah. going to discuss it. But it yeah. also looked like a basement. Where it's just like, it's a, just like next to a chili somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't really sure on the on that. Yeah. It was really interesting. Um, And I loved, loved, loved this. Mm-hmm. You can you can order things from Sifos or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you order it via a mail-in order form. Fabulous. Super caught up on technology. Oh, you know that there is just some old dude in a room somewhere that's like, and this person needs the article from this four, number 482 cabinet. And then he just shuffles over to it. Yes. And then he picks it out. Shuffles back. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Yes. And that's currently on their website. Like, this isn't just, like, an old archived, like, yeah. mail-in order form. No, yeah. this is it's actually like how you order <laughs> So I like. love that. Okay, so while on this um, CFOS website, I looked up Minnesota cases. Yes. And I found a report written by Lorena E. Lindbergh. Um, and it was very interesting um, because it listed not only her report, but then also had many, many, many articles that um, I don't know if they ascribed it to what Lorena's um, citing was or if it was just all related to things that happened in her area. Sure. So I don't know the answer to that. Um, so it, um, the report includes Lorna's um, handwritten form about her encounter, and it had another story in it, and this Ooh. is what I'm going to talk okay. about, is the second story. Okay. So Lorna's um, was actually, um, she has like an eighth grade education, and she was a farmer. Okay. Or farmer's wife. Yeah. And she had some kids, and she saw... Um, something outside her window when she was watching TV, so her and the kids mm-hmm. rush out and go look at it, yeah. and it was making a hissing noise. Ooh, no. And loud enough, but it was on the tree line. Mm-hmm. And then um, the kids were scared, so they all they all went back in the house, okay. which is understandable. Yes. So um, I'm thinking this was in her report because mm-hmm. maybe it's the same object or they thought it was. Okay. okay. So was this like, what kind of hissing noise was it? Or are we going to get to this? It doesn't actually say uh, much about it. It's like in my head, I was like, a possum. Yeah, that's sort of actually, that I thought, or like a door opening, pneumatic door. Oh, maybe the, okay. something like that. I don't know. Yes. But, let's, yeah. let's dig into it. Let's get into it. So this is a story um, about Jim Townsend, and this is, his story, I just, I just okay. said that. <laughs> this is the story of Jim Towson, the story of story. Jim, Jim's story. <laughs> so Jim is 19 years old. He's a local AM station's sports announcer on the radio. And he was driving from Little Falls, Minnesota to Long Prairie, Minnesota. Okay. When upon rounding a curve in the hilly wooded area of the highway, his motor suddenly stops mm. and his headlights stayed on. Weird. So it had power. Yeah. Just no engine Just working. no engine. So he gets out of his car to investigate it, and he notices a rocket-shaped vehicle on the highway in uh, front of him. Uh, uh, okay. 
His first thought was to knock the object over with his car so he could have some evidence. Smart. <laughs> but the engine was stalled, so he couldn't do no, that. No, no. The, ro- yeah. the rocket-shaped vehicle is 6 feet in diameter and 30 feet tall. So he thought he was just going to knock this thing over with <laughs> his like, car. It's a pumpkin, but very big. <laughs> you don't know how sturdy it is, though. True. So 6 feet in diameter and 30 feet tall. No, this is what I was excited about. Okay, yes. Three metal <gasps> entities. Metal? Metal. Okay. About the size and shape of beer cans. <laughs> Walk awkwardly on two legs <laughs> from beneath the rocket and stood between it and Jim. Mm-hmm. The entities put down a third leg that acted as a tripod and sat, sat staring at Jim. Yes. Jim sees no eyes on the beings, but he stood there staring at them and was convinced that they were watching him too. Mm -hmm. He did not want to approach more and gave up on the idea of rocking the ship down as something something quite risky. Yes. Yes. (laughs) There was no sound. It was dead silence. And what seemed like ages to him, but he... He thought actually in reality it was only three minutes, but mm-hmm. it felt like a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the whole incident was three minutes. Okay. The beings um, were about six inches tall, and they come into view, as I said. Mm-hmm. And after a few minutes, the beer can entities <laughs> walked clumsily back into the light that shone underneath the rocket and disappeared, presumably, into it. Okay. The rocket makes a terrific, and I quote, terrific mm-hmm. noise and then takes off. When the rocket was a ways off the ground, Jim's car starts again. Interesting. Very. I have a thousand questions. <laughs> uh-huh. So <clears throat> Jim says that it, was, it didn't start because he had turned it over. It just started on its own. Oh. He didn't touch it. Um, and even though the car had been left, or um, it had been left in park and the ignition was on, but he didn't turn it over. Okay. So he drives to the Todd County Sheriff's Department and re- uh, reports the encounter. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, the deputy or sheriff or whoever that went with him, um, a they went with him, but then B, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they only discovered an unexplained oil stick. Slick that was at the landing site or mm-hmm. where the rocket okay. was. But sure. It's oil. Yeah. Here in the country, it could be anything. Really anything. Yeah. There um, happened to also be, though, a number of reports, including hunters who saw something luminous fly up and um, possibly from the same spot that Jim had been oh. in. Other farmers mentioned a lighted object circling around and around over their farm. Mm-hmm. And like um, I had mentioned, l- Lorena, mm-hmm. it could have been her because she saw oh, something. Yeah. Not yeah. it wasn't over her, but it was in the distance. Yep. So maybe Jim was mm-hmm. over one of those areas. All right. So Project Blue Book and UFO investigators John Keel, Jocks Valley, and Doctor Heinick all mm-hmm. reported or um, investigated Jim's case, mm-hmm. and they chalked it up to just another unexplained UFO report. So one of the, <laughs> they're like it's just like it's just another UFO. <laughs> but I think they thought it was valid enough. Okay. 
All right, so my thoughts on this is I read many articles. I had to do Jim Townsend or James Townsend. Mm -hmm. And what the initial report that's in the case file of Lorena's Mm -hmm. is, I'm going to just call it basic, but it still has a bunch of info from Jim. Okay. And then I look at um, news reports and stuff, and there's either way more details now, like the beer can shape. Yeah. Or they were now metal can looking mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those weren't in the initial uh, official UFO okay. report. Interesting. Where Dr. Hynek and his friends would have interviewed him. So yeah. I'm thinking either Jim is like making this story sensational. Yeah. Because he's getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Or perhaps it really was and he was being he was able to reflect and define on yeah. it. So it's sort of hard like to know. Like the initial shock. Went but over. they f- did find him to be um va- um valid, um his claims to be credible, incredible. Okay. So um, yeah, fairly interesting. Yeah. Like they they um the investigators interviewed people that knew J- Jim, mm-hmm. um his friends, his old teachers. Like wow. they went around and like, is this kid like cuckoo? Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> is like... he legit? And they found him to be so. Wow. And then being that hunters and, like, farmers had seen things, too. Seen something in the same time. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, Yeah, very fun, though. I mean, let's see here. They were the shape of and size of beer cans. They were three metal entities. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just really funny. Like, I can just imagine, like, a a can with just a couple of, like, chicken legs just, like, beep (laughs) bopping it about. (laughs) And then one comes down to hold it. Yeah, it's just like, hey. Can you take us to your leader? <laughs> <laughs> Little tinny voices. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll include. I th- Lorena does have some kind of um photo. I think I can put up of her description. Okay. Not very exciting, but just I'll put yeah. it in our email. Yep. And then um, I think Jim also drew something related i think the entities yes but anyways i'll find something that jim created because i'm sure i'm 99 percent sure he had something too yes so i'll do that fabulous yeah well excellent yeah excellent work fun yes so it was cool it was really cool so we gotta figure out what we want to do for next time well what do you want to do it'll be really interesting to look up like demonic incidents because I wonder if there's we'll have to we'll have to look into it. We'll look into it. so possible demon mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. Oh lord. Okay. What else could we do? <clears throat> Don't play the video. Um. I would love to do Bigfoot. A couple yes. re- weeks ago, I was yes. researching Bigfoot actually, and. Yeah. There is a remember how we talked about a website. Yeah, there was one yep. um, that had, it looked like a guy, um, specifically who really liked to um, research them, and went and talked to people who said they had sightings. Incidents? Did he wear a hat with a squirrel head on it? The <laughs> I did not see any <laughs> picture of him. <laughs> I can't remember if the show was like Sasquatch Hunters or like Bigfoot Hunters or some <laughs> show like that, but I just remember seeing the guy with the squirrel head hat, and I was just like, yeah. Yep, yep, that you was so much sense. that was no. your lifelong ambition. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel, I feel like there's a lot of stories up from like where our cabin is. 